center um and i'm just kind of was the addition to a i don't know i think it's a crew from kentucky or something i don't know i didn't i didn't really get to know too many of these guys but uh i just kind of saw i got done with my uh with my day here in uh land of the lakes land between the lakes uh national recreation area and uh i was just cruising back to the visitor center here and uh i saw an opportunity and i took it there was a bunch of people getting off of a tour bus they were not, uh, like tour vans they were getting out of tour vans and uh i was just swinging into the visitor center i was gonna maybe sleep here or use the bathroom or both and uh they were all headed into the planetarium so i just sort of snuck in between them all <laughs> and went in and went in to watch the planetarium show with them. And then there was a astrologist or some, some guy who has like a, one of those really gnarly big telescopes and he brought everyone out to like, look at Saturn. I think it was like the Kentucky natural, like they're all training to be like expert naturalists or something. I don't know. I didn't ask too many questions cause I just like, they were all looking at me like I didn't belong and I felt like I didn't belong, but I just like did it anyways. And now I'm out here and they're all, walking out from the telescope. I'm going to pause this and I'm going to see if I can go find this uh, astronomer to interview. If not, I'm going to be right back to wrap this up. But uh, yeah, I'll give you guys a little bit of update at some point here, but I'm just going to pause this really quick. All right. I am back here. Exciting. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get anyone to talk. You can hear me? Sure. Awesome. Awesome. I can hear you well too. I got Bill here who was our planetarium director for the for the tour here it was uh it was great you know we uh it was a great treat to have you and and have you guys stay open late for for us to do our thing so i really really appreciate that and what was your friend's name up there that's bob vickers of the west kentucky amateur astronomers okay so he's a amateur astronomer and he has like some super badass telescope (laughs) thingy or whatever that is he said it was like eleven hundred dollars back in the early 2000s or 90s or something it looked a lot more expensive than that yeah i'm not sure if he built that one himself or as if that's one he bought from from a company but uh i think he builds them and a lot of the guys in the club do build their own um, so that was a dobsonian uh your listeners may know what that means as opposed to the newtonians but uh it's just basically reflector which uses mirrors uh, to gather the light as opposed to looking, you know, straight through like you might a uh, monocular or a binocular, for example, that's a reflector, Dobsonian reflector. Awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. We got to see the rings of Saturn and everything. I mean, I'd never seen, I'd never had that experience before. I've seen pictures, obviously, but when you could actually see it, it felt like I was looking at a picture. It felt, oh, yeah. like, it felt yeah. like you're like looking through a little viewfinder, a little picture or something in there. Right. But uh, 
Super cool. So how often do you guys do this uh, late night stuff like this up here? It, we're, we're at Land Between the Lakes um, National Recreation Area here. I Just to kind of give people the update, and you, you don't know anything that's going on with this because you just sat down. I'm doing kind of a tour around the little bit of the, I call it the Middle East. You know, I went uh, down to like I gotcha. North, North Carolina and Georgia, South Carolina, all that. Now I'm just kind of working my way back up over to Kansas City and Minnesota. But uh, yeah, so there's a... Um, something really, really cool about this area land between the lakes here. So tell, tell me about this place and why it's so special to view the night sky. Well, land between the lakes is, uh, 170,000 acres of undeveloped land. Uh, and the, the towns that surround us are not large communities. So the skies here are very dark. Um, it doesn't seem that dark tonight because we have a full moon. The harvest uh, moon. It, that's right. Uh, the harvest moon. And it's um, also close, the closest it ever gets in its orbit right now. So it's a little bigger. You might look at it and say, it's just a normal full moon. And it is, but it, it's a little bigger and a little brighter than it sometimes is. So uh, there's that. But anyway, whenever the moon's not full and in the sky, the skies here are fairly dark. Um, and that's something we're trying to preserve. Uh, even the little towns around us are growing. Uh, nowadays, even a small town is a well-lit town. Um, and so that light spills over the lake somewhat. But uh, still, compared to being in, in a, in a medium-sized city, it's pretty dark. Um, so when they put the new bridges in, for example, it's been maybe about 10 years ago, we had brand new bridges going over both lakes um, if you drive over one of those bridges, they're beautiful, uh, but the lighting is special lighting that keeps the dark skies in mind where the light shines down onto the roadway where it belongs, doesn't spill up into the sky. Interesting. Uh, so that's just an example of things that we do to keep keep it dark here. Gotcha. So how did you get wrapped into this? Where are you from originally and when, how long have you been working here doing the planetarium? Uh, well, I moved around a lot as a kid, but I was born here in Murray, which is a neighboring town. We have a, a state university there, Murray State University. And um, that's where I went to school and graduated with a bachelor's in English. So okay. uh, astronomy is not my field. Uh, but when I came in here one day and met the director at the time, he asked me if I had an interest. Uh, and it really had more to do with speaking, if I was willing to speak. And I said, I'll give it a shot. I don't know much about astronomy, but he said, that's okay. We can, we can learn that. We can teach you that if, as long as you're willing to speak. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I got into this, even though it's, it's not necessarily my background in terms of what I went to school for. Uh, it, it's worked out well. I've been here, I think, 12 years. Um, so I'm lead interpreter, or you could say manager of the planetarium. Gotcha. You have a very soothing narrating voice. I, I must say you have the listeners can, can probably appreciate it, but it's very, very soothing he, he, being in that planetarium here, hearing you explain okay. all that stuff. So well, you're, do, you're that, doing, yeah. yeah, you're doing really good with what you got going on. So, um, I guess future of the land between the lakes here is it, it's designated as a, uh, national recreation area. I don't know. Is that protect it from being developed then? for as long as it has that classification? Sure. It's um, it's a little bit like a national forest or a national park, but different in the sense that, um, you know, we were used to be under the, the umbrella of TVA, the Tennessee Valley Authority. Uh, Congress uh, moved us over to the, to the USDA Forest Service, I think, and I want to say 99. It was late 90s. 
And we are an odd fit for the Forest Service. We are not a national forest. And I think the, the, the main difference is the fact that we have that focus on environmental education that a, a, a typical natu- a national forest doesn't have. Um, so we've got the camping and the trails and, and the, the other forms of recreation that you would expect. But then we've also got these environmental education facilities. So it's a little bit of an odd fit for the Forest Service. Um, and then, of course, the National Park Service is under the Department of Interior. So it's a complete different uh, department within the government. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. So besides the planetarium here, obviously, you come in off the, across the bridge, um, depending on which side you're coming from. This main strip here right through the, I would say, the middle. We're on the Kentucky side. Most of the land between the lakes is about what it looks like two thirds is in Kentucky. The bottom third is in Tennessee there. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. And then uh, what else, like what are the other main things that people got to hit when they're here besides the planetarium and this, this area here? So we have three environmental education facilities. The planetarium is one. Uh, in the North, we have the Woodlands Nature Station, which I think you guys may have visited earlier today if I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yep. Okay. So uh, that's the Woodlands Nature Station, which is a, it's a nature center with uh, wildlife and gardens. And uh, th- these are animals that are native to this area. Uh, animals that are, a lot of them are rescue animals that can't be re- re-released. Uh, but they make great, uh, I don't know, ambassadors, you might say, for the visitors to come get familiar with the kinds of wildlife that would actually exist in the forest. If you hit the trails, you might run into one of these guys. And, Interesting. and then down in the south, in the Tennessee portion, we have the, it's the 1850s uh, working farm or the 1850s home place. And so a lot of the structures on the farm are original structures uh, from that time period here in Land Between the Lakes when it was private land. Uh, the structures were moved. Most of them were moved out, but some of them were preserved and kept. And, and you can see some of those original structures from the area from that time period down at the home place. Gotcha. Um, so the the bison and elk um, area, the sanctuary there for bison and elk, are those... I, I, I got a little bit of, inf- we got a little bit of information from the, um, forest service guy down there. Um, he was kind of telling, telling us about it, but, uh, there, it sounds like the, there were native to this area and they are kind of now concentrated in that specific spot. So if you want to come here and see the bison and elk, you got to go in that loop. You're not just going to like, it's not like Yellowstone or anything right where, there, where they're just wandering around. Now there aren't any in the wild. Gotcha. Uh, uh they were, I guess, either driven out or, or harvested out uh, at one point. They were no longer here. And so uh, we reintroduced them here. Uh, we brought some from Canada, I think some from Colorado, different places in the country that had them. Uh, but I believe that's a 700-acre. I, I hope I got that right. A 700-acre. I think acre. that's yeah, that's what I thought it's, it's something uh, like that. It's like it, a three-mile loop. Yeah, it's, it's fenced loop. in. So they're, it's a large area, but they can't necessarily get outside of that. Or, right. Yeah. Feels natural. Kind of like, I mean, I spent a summer, um, working in between Yellowstone and, and Grand Teton National Park. And there you are seeing like free range bison. So the bison and the elk and all that, it wasn't super new to me seeing that stuff. It was more like, Oh, they all have tags on them. They're <laughs> all like, it kind of felt like a hybrid between like a zoo and a natural, almost like a wildlife safari, like a yeah. caged in yeah. wildlife safari, but definitely, definitely worth checking out. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about this place or anything that you've got going on that you feel like is relevant before I let you go? Uh, well, 
the the show that you just saw inside the theater there, we we have a brand new projection system in there that um, we were on a campaign raising money for a while, and uh, we finally got it installed. When the virus came to town, it put that on hold. Uh, the folks had to come from overseas to do the installation, and, and uh, we had to wait uh, too long. Uh, but finally, you know, restrictions were lifted. They came and. So we're happy to have a brand new projection system inside the theater there. And uh, that's all thanks to donations and, and uh, members and, and company sponsors and, and people who wanted to be generous and help us out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if anyone's in the area, uh, you know, you might come through Land Between the Lakes National Recreation Area. Uh, check it out. Stop in here at Golden Pond Visitor Center and uh, see a show in the, in the Plantarium Theater. Yeah. It's a, yeah, do it guys. It's a great experience. I can't speak highly enough about it. And Bill, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with me My today. My pleasure. Thanks yeah, for having of course. me. Yeah, I'll let you go here. All right. Thank All right. That was fun. Got to talk to Bill. I almost, uh, I almost spilled the beans there. Um, I think he maybe had me figured out. I'm not entirely sure, but you know, sometimes you just got to live life a little bit, you know, if you're wandering and, uh, and you see a group getting off of getting out of tour vans headed towards something. Sometimes you just got to hop in the middle of that group and just see what happens because you can have a really, really fun night and see some really, really interesting things and meet some really, really interesting people. So dang, that was a very, very fun couple hours there that I had. Um, I'm not sure. I can't really remember what I caught you guys up with, but I was at mammoth cave, um, national park yesterday um, and I got to go do the, the, the historic tour there. Um, so just to talk about that a little bit, wow, what a crazy experience that was. I had an amazing tour guide and, uh, you know, I was going in there with the expectation to see a cave and just see a cave and experience a cave. But the historic tour there gave me a entirely different experience. It was very, very much so rooted in the history of the cave, um, basically dating back. It sounds like the cave is, they, they try and they're saying they're dating it five to 7,000 years or 50, something like that, 6,000 years old or something, um, based on archeological, whatever, carbon dating, all that stuff. But, uh, really the cave, the more modern history and establishment of the cave, the first guided tours were by slaves in the early 1800s. So, um, the cave was really started to get mined out for gunpowder, um, it, for the war of 1812, it sounded like. So there was a lot of, I mean, you just gotta, if you get a chance to go to Mammoth Cave National Park and check that out, I highly recommend taking that historic tour and you'll get chills when you are in that cave. And the, if you get a good tour guide, I guess you'll get chills, um, hearing the stories about the slaves, not only mining, um, for gut for, you know, elements for gun to make gunpowder, but also the, you know, Stephen Bishop was, uh, the name that stood out to me. There was three others that it sounded like were kind of the beginning of um, the giving these tours, but they were all enslaved individuals. And uh, so the, the cave was owned by some wealthy guy and he owned these slaves and um, gave tours to the rich elites. And um, yeah, Stephen Bishop ended up dying before he died at the age of 37 before the emancipation proclamation. Um, He never saw his freedom. So, 
it sounds like a few of the other ones were able to, um, buy freedom through various ways. And, uh, even after they were free, it sounds like they continued at least one of them. I can't remember their names. I wish I was better at this, but you guys should look into the history. But even after, um, they were freed, they continued to give tours. The family, um, multi-generations of the family continued to give tours for one of these people. So it's just got a really cool, cool story. Um, and then, yeah, I got over here to, um, land between the lakes and, uh, got to check this out today. And, um, tomorrow's another day. So I'll keep you guys updated along the way. Thanks for tuning in. I've seen these places and I've heard it all before. I got a list of places that I don't go anymore. Goodbye to nothing and hello to nothing more.